to the Very Well Mind podcast. We've interviewed over 100 authors, experts, entrepreneurs, athletes, musicians, and others to help you learn strategies to care for your mental health. This episode is hosted by psychotherapist and best-selling author Amy Morin. Now let's get into the episode. You're listening to The Friday Fix. Every Friday, I share a quick mental strength strategy that will help fix the thoughts, feelings, and actions that can drain you of the mental strength you need to be your best. Today, I'm talking about how to get yourself in the best emotional state for whatever task you're about to do. I'll explain why it's important and the steps you can take to make it happen. Our emotions have a direct impact on our behavior. For example, studies show you should never negotiate when you feel sad. If you do, you aren't likely to walk away with the best deal possible. Here's why. Let's say you're selling a car. Someone makes an offer on your car, but it's much lower than your asking price. If you feel sad, you're likely to accept their offer. Researchers say this is because you'll be afraid that if you counteroffer, your offer is going to be rejected. And when you feel sad, you'll likely question your ability to handle one more blow to your ego. If you're in a good mood, however, you'll be much more likely to make a counteroffer and you'll trust that you can handle it if your offer isn't accepted. But getting in the best emotional state isn't just for negotiating. It's a skill that can help you perform better at just about everything that you're doing. Let me share an example of how this works in the speaking industry. In 2015, I gave a TEDx talk. If you aren't familiar with TEDx talks, they're short talks that are about 15 minutes in length and... They're given at an event where maybe 10 speakers will share their talk in front of a live audience throughout the course of a day. The talks are recorded and eventually shared online. When I gave my talk, we were given times that we had to get mic'd up backstage. When my time rolled around, I went backstage and there were three other speakers who were getting ready for their big moment on stage. One speaker was feverishly reading through her notes one last time. Notes aren't allowed on stage, so talks have to be given off the top of your head, so there's a lot of pressure to memorize them. You can use slides, but no notes. Another speaker was meditating in a dark corner with his eyes closed as he got ready for his big moment. And the third speaker was listening to rock music through his headphones so loud that I could hear them across the room. He was jumping up and down and trying to psych himself up before he stepped on stage. Which of those three people do you think had the best strategy to get in the best emotional frame of mind? The one who's trying to memorize their notes one last time? The one who's trying to calm themselves down? Or the one who's trying to pump themselves up? The answer is, it depends. It's important for each person to know themselves well enough to understand which emotional state will help them perform at their peak. It's something that elite athletes usually learn through a process of trial and error. Some might do better when they energize themselves. Others might do better when they put themselves in a state of relaxation. Of course, it depends heavily on the task that they're about to perform as well. A golfer might want to be in a state of relaxation so that they can calmly hit the ball in the right direction. A football player, on the other hand, might want to rev themselves up so they can tackle someone who's trying to run past them. The key is to understand which emotional state is going to help you do your best. Through my own process of trial and error as a speaker, I learned that I'm much better off getting myself pumped up rather than calm down before I step on stage. Here's why. 
I was a really shy kid and I hated public speaking most of my life. So when I first started speaking, my body reacted as if I were stepping into a life or death situation. My heart raced, my palms got sweaty, and I felt like I was having an out-of-body experience. So all the work I would do to calm myself down backstage would go out the window the second I stepped in front of a live audience. And if I wasn't careful, that would send me into a tailspin because I'd start thinking, oh, I'm supposed to be calm right now and it's not working. If, however, I put myself in a slightly amped up place before I stepped on stage with a little music, then my heart beats a little faster, but I tell myself I'm excited. Fortunately for me, this is what works. But it's not just for when I'm stepping on stage. I work a lot to figure out which emotional state I do best in, apart from speaking to. Because whether you're about to enter a sales meeting to discuss a really big deal that you hope to land, or you're about to call someone to invite them on a date, getting in the right emotional state first could be the key to your success. And it doesn't just have to be reserved for achievement-type activities. You might want to get yourself in the best emotional state before you visit with family, spend time with friends, read your kids a good night story, send an email, or go to an appointment. Getting yourself in the best emotional state could help you feel and do your best. And then you can get your needs met, enjoy the moment more, and foster the best relationships. Here are a couple of examples of how changing your emotional state could be helpful. I once worked with a man in my therapy office who called his mom on his drive home every night from work. The call often didn't go well. They ended up in some sort of heated political debate. So by the time he arrived home, he was in a bad mood. And he was impatient with his kids. He thought that he was making good use of his time by calling his mom from the car. He was multitasking. But ultimately, it made him walk in the house in a bad mood after work. And he took it out on his family. So as an experiment, he tried listening to happy music on the drive home and waiting until after the kids went to bed before he called his mom. It helped him get home in a happier mood. He enjoyed his family more, and there's no doubt that they enjoyed him. Here's another example. I worked with a woman who had a lot of anxiety about making phone calls. Whenever she could, she would avoid talking on the phone by sending text messages or emails. But sometimes it couldn't be avoided. It's usually when she was making an appointment or canceling an existing one, she had to talk to a human. Before making the call, though, she would pace around the room for at least 20 minutes, thinking about how uncomfortable she felt about talking on the phone. All that pacing and thinking increased her anxiety. So by the time she actually dialed the number, she felt so anxious she could hardly think straight. She agreed to try an experiment. She started going for a really brisk walk about 20 minutes before she made the call. And then the second she stepped back inside her apartment, she immediately dialed the number. There's no time for pacing or overthinking the call. With practice, she found that it made calls much easier. Instead of wasting an hour dreading a two-minute call, she got it over with. And she felt a lot less anxious when she made the call, which usually made the call go better. So think about sometimes in your own life when it might make sense to get in the right emotional state before going to work, coming home from work, visiting your family, exercising, meditating, or eating. And then experiment with different strategies that can get you in a different emotional state to find out what works best for you. You might find shifting your emotional state helps you feel better and helps you do better. Thank you for listening to the Very Well Mind podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share the episode with your friends and family and leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. 
To learn more about the Very Well Mind podcast, you can head to verywellmind.com slash podcast.